welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and today we chat about some troubling news from Take-Two and their aggressive and unseemly tactics with the indie developer working on Kerbal Space Program 2, a bonanza of ARPGs such as Archero, Minecraft Dungeons, and Diablo 4, and finally Brett shares some of his anticipation for a new D&D campaign starting soon, along with some stories from his D&D playing days. We also wanted to mention that we've previously been running a giveaway for a free copy of the game Gree, and we'd intended on announcing the winner on June 1st. Unfortunately, we didn't have any entries, so it completely slipped our minds, and we we wanted to clear up that there is no winner for that. Uh, We'll circle back at a later date and do another giveaway, but for now, uh, just wanted to to clarify what happened with that copy of Gree. Hey, what's up, Brett? What's got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, what's up, man? Oh, not not a lot, really. Like, not in... Okay. Depends. No controllers this week. No controllers. Oh, so no mouse sticks, and literally. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to work an angle here and, and flushing it out while I was... I had no <laughs> idea what I was going to say in the intro, so... <laughs> um, honestly, I, I have not really played much this week. I've tried to play a few things this week. Uh, I mean, it's in general just been kind of a rough week. I've been a little up and down in the old normal life stuff. But um, yeah, I'm trying to look. I, I started and it once again did never made it through the menu screen of Kerbal as much as I want to. Like, I have a really strong desire to play that game. Well, you got some good time in with the SpaceX launch. I did. I did. So, but I've been wanting, like, so I was watching the, the KSP Endurance by Beardy Penguin where he's like, going interstellar and it's four billion years in the future and everything every time i watch it i'm like i want to play but all the mods even for like his new series all the mods are for like 1.7 and 1.9 is a significant enough change that almost none of the mods that i would want to even come close to replicating that are available and i don't want to downgrade to 1.7 and so i was just like Meh. There's a lot of meh feeling with everything. I, I even re-downloaded a couple of games and then have yet to open them. I might open them back up, so I'll save them for... I don't really want to talk about it if I don't end up opening it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a lot of kind of meh. And uh, But I have been involved with something that has given me the same kind of excited drive. Before you jump into that, I do want to just make the the statement that I think this is true, and I think you'll know, you'll be able to validate. It's interesting that the the majority of the mods for Kerbal are at 1.7, because that's the version of Minecraft that also has all of the mods that we always enjoyed. Yeah, so 1.7 just strange. 1.7 for Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, just strange that 1.7 is the version that <laughs> apparently is where all the mods come out and then... That's Never right. So yet. game devs, just stop devving past 1.7. <laughs> it's 1. perfect 7 there. It's 2.0. Yeah. Let <laughs> all the mods happen and just let go. We'll yeah. we'll take care of bugs from there, like a Bethesda game. <laughs> right. It's Agreed. not like they're going to be releasing any updates for Skyrim. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. They continue to re-release Skyrim. I mean, it came out on Switch. I think it was probably a year ago now, but yeah, that's true. It's just remarkable to me how long that game continues to go. Steam even Steam has the recommended, not on the store page, but just within your library. Right. <laughs> like, Here's games that you've never tried. Mine says. <laughs> um, 
one of which is the Skyrim Special Edition, because I have played Skyrim, uh, but I didn't play the Special Edition when it was re-released or whatever. So and you like, got you it might like this, because you liked this. Because you, yeah, like, what do you think I like, Steam? And how do you know? Because I like everything and nothing all at once. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, I just, the 1.7 thing just jumped out of my mind, so I had to say it. Uh, that's right. Yeah, it's largely true. There are, I think, Minecraft mods are starting to jump back up and get closer to like the newer release stuff a lot a lot of them are mm -hmm. but a lot of them are it's also minecraft is just updating more frequently and mods take a long time to convert from one version to another mm -hmm. um so about the time they all update to the latest version the new latest version is out yeah yep. yeah i've seen that and i've it's it's interesting like in hey under five minutes oh in my wow. god it's like wow come on <laughs> in wow <laughs> There's actually a huge mod scene that I don't know how familiar you are with. They call them add-ons. Yeah, they're all but... like the UI and like button yeah. things and stuff. Yeah, tons and tons of different add-ons, though. I mean, I probably have 25 that I run at all times. Like, it's it's crazy. But anyway, um, but yeah, like even on that, you see you'll find add-ons where, you know, you'll go to the forum for it and the person who was making it didn't made it for two or three years and then they're just like, Hey, sorry. They'll just the last post will be like, "Sorry, guys, I don't have time to keep yeah. updating this," because they're not getting paid, and if they're not into the game anymore, or their life is more demanding now, or whatever, like you just kind of, you know, <laughs> you can't because there's not any. You're not being compensated for it, so unless it's just a passion project. Well, yeah, I mean, it's there are WoW is long lasted enough now that there are game devs that don't support their games as long as it would require you to support a mod for something like WoW. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of just huge. Yeah. I mean, there are people that there are some mods that have been kind of, you know, open to the community or whatever. And right. so someone Hands else has continued person to person. Right. Or a group of people. I don't, I have no Probably, idea. But, yeah. Right. <laughs> But anyway, anyway, I've just completely derailed your no, what no, you were trying no. to say yeah, so many I mean, times. I'm, I, I haven't tried. I tried to say it once halfway. <laughs> I don't know. I like I said, I kind of only have one thing to talk about this week. <laughs> um, I'm really I've been really trying to think if there is anything else. OK, so I did. I will. I, since I apparently am just the mobile game news guy, uh, I picked back up Archero for like. Oh, hey, nice. You know, like 15, 20 minutes, played a couple of rounds. They keep adding to that game. There's a new item that's like a spell book that gives you like an ultimate, but I don't, I, I don't know how to use it or if it's just automatic or what. Right. Um, I only played through one match and forgot that I had it until I got another one of that same item type, and I was like, oh yeah, this is a thing. What? How do I? Didn't. I mean, it's still just as fun as it always has been, and and it's you know not a day. It's for me, it's no longer like a daily go to or anything, but it's a fun little game and. Uh, there's definitely like they've implemented achievements that you get gems for now, like recursive achievements too. So I definitely, but there wasn't like a collect all. So it showed that I'd earned 200 achievements that were each worth like three gems or something, but it literally took me probably 15 minutes of just clicking like collect, collect, collect. I'm like, brink, brink and loading pages to get through all of because i mean it's everything from like upgrade an item to epic and past level 1.1 1.5 1 you know like little updates as you go mm -hmm. and yeah i just earned like 
probably almost 10,000 gems in game, which allowed me to unlock every character that isn't just a flat price unlock. Hmm, I'll um, have to open it back up. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so that was that was nice, and, and it allowed me to upgrade my gears and get a new top score on the level that I'm on, but still not good enough to get me like through that zone because it just gets really difficult. Like, there's just so much on screen in the later levels, like so yeah. many bullet hells that y you just can't track it all. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Can't. Yeah, uh, especially when I'm running like you know multi-shot with a five spread and bouncing and homing and it's like it's just a blob of color and and particle effects on the screen so and, and it's something we've talked about on, on previous episodes but i have no idea which episodes but just to, to catch anyone up who's maybe just joining the show and, and hasn't heard of archero since mm -hmm. it is just a mobile title that's true it doesn't get a lot of media um to me it is the only game that i've seen that I feel like innovates on the the monster killing side of a Diablo style action RPG. Right. Um, it's little corridor rooms that you go into. You're in the room. You can move freely about the room. Once the enemies are cleared, then you get treasure at the end, and then you you go to the next room and then clear another room and, and so right. on. So to its discredit, it's not. Not it's not really a discredit, but just I mean, to be fair, it's not nearly as large or expansive as a game like Diablo or Path of right, Exile. Right, you're not running zones, or right. Like the maps are not. We're not talking Path of Exile maps. We're talking like two up to two screens. Probably is the largest map. Yeah. is two cell phone widths or something. Well, and you know, you and I have talked that that we've kind of come to the conclusion that the <clears throat> the gameplay of something like Path of Exile or Diablo, like the the actual gameplay loop that's like the core gameplay loop isn't actually the monster killing it's the gear farming and building new templates from that gear min yeah. the min maxing right right um which obviously you do have to go kill the monsters to kind of test that and make sure it works but right ultimately that's what you're doing archero also doesn't do that like there is gear but it's not it's not like it's not like Diablo. You're not getting like if you get it, there's like five weapons. And if you get three of that rarity, you can upgrade it to the next rarity. There's no outside of that. That that's it. I mean, you don't find there. dagger of the bear. And no, no, it's just the dagger and then axe. And there's right. there's a there's a fair number of weapons. They're all ranged weapons in some form, except for I think mm -hmm. maybe one of them. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, and there's there's equipment. There's like two rings, but there's like three or four ring types that you can put there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's 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 fairly basic in that in that sort of sense that you're not trying to you're not going to get the same plate of the whale with better stats. Right. It's just going to be plate. Right. Right. But the reason that I say that it's innovative is because it basically what you're doing is you're moving the character around the screen. And when you stop moving, the character starts shooting at whatever, I guess the closest target is. I think it's closest target. Cause, yeah. Cause you don't aim no. per se. Um, but anyway, and then there's different little power ups you can get that like give you multi-shot, like you had mentioned a moment ago, or maybe you get an ability that makes you shoot arrows sideways out of you or right. Like every time wall. you level up, you get to pick from three randomly selected skills. And the further you get, the more skills will unlock, which 
kind of decreases your chance to get the the good skills that you wanted, but also increases your chance to get new skills that you haven't played with before. Mm -hmm. So it's a mm -hmm. little bit of a roguelike. Every time you start a new zone, you're starting at level one. Uh, you can max out at like level 10 or 11 or something like that. And there's generally about 50 rooms total in a dungeon uh, and like four or five bosses. And the dungeons are not randomly generated, right? Procedurally um, generated. Kind of. There are... So the the monsters... Each dungeon, quote-unquote, is like a zone. So the dungeon will be like uh, a desert zone or whatever. And the levels will be different every time you play them. Like, the rooms oh. themselves can be different. Oh, okay. uh, and the monsters in those rooms can be different, but they come from that template. So, like, in the desert, I guess, biome, dungeon, or whatever you want to call it, you'll fight a certain set of monsters, but if you go to the next zone and it's like a swamp or a dark castle or whatever, you'll fight a different set of enemies. And some enemies you'll see again later in maybe different powered versions, or they'll work differently. Uh, there's kind of a hero mode, which is your your ultra hard mode where enemies will like every time you come into a zone, one to three of the enemies will be randomly super powered and they'll shoot faster or extra times or do have some other kind of test your ability sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really I mean, I really um, because I find Path of Exile and Diablo, I find the combat in those to be very canned feeling. I mean, even though there's a, a variety of abilities and a variety of, you know, effects that you can see or whatever, I, I kind of just, it's like, what do you want your DPS to look like? Like, it right. doesn't really feel like it makes a, a difference, actually. What kind of colored sparkles do you want? Yeah, do you want to shoot fire? Do you want to raise zombies? Or do you want to hit stuff with a sword? Whatever, in the end, you're going to do the DPS and kill the thing, and that's kind of it. Right. Um, and so I think that Archero like actually kind of leans into, I mean, because really all that you really decide when you play a game like Diablo is where do you stand? Right. And Archero has actually just boiled it down to like, that's actually all you're If you're control. moving, you cannot shoot. Right. Period. Right. And, so, and the, the enemies that you face are, they're never ultra squishy to the point right. where it feels like, you know, they're bullet spongy or something. They, they can get semi-squishy, but you're usually leveling up alongside it. And their damage scales for each... Every time you go into the next room, everything ups a little bit in the difficulty until you clear all the rooms in the dungeon, which is anywhere from, like, 20 to 50. Mm -hmm. um, and... But it, it, it always... It's just challenging. It's not... I wouldn't say that it's brutal at any amount of progress. Like if you die halfway through a dungeon, you still get all that gold and any items you collected and whatever, and get to upgrade your character and all kinds of things that you can upgrade. Um, so it feels like you're making progress, but it doesn't feel too stonewally until you get, I don't know, maybe 20 hours of gameplay out of it is when you finally start feeling like you're grinding to a halt and not making a lot of progress. Mm. Um, but even still, I think it's it, it progress, I guess, is relative because it's not like there's a big end boss that I'm fighting. There's no story that I'm going after. Like, it's not like, oh, I can't get to the end and PVP people or something. It's all PVE. And it's right. just it's just a fun game to play. Um, it's one of the few mobile titles that I've ever played that. that well, that's I was going to say, you know, Minecraft and Terraria aren't really mobile titles. But it actually turns out I don't actually like playing those on my phone either. Um, so really just mobile game almost exclusively. It's one of the few that I've that I actually think like 
this is actually a really well done game. Now I am hypercritical of mobile games and, and admit that maybe they're just not for me. You know what I mean? Not that yeah. they're all garbage or something. Um, but yeah, it's I think great. it also is one that works really well on a phone. Whereas yeah. something like like Bloons, the newest Bloons, doesn't mm. want to have a tablet, you know. So it's a quote unquote mobile game, but it's there's a difference to be made between tablet and phone. Now you can have play you Archer on, on tablet. tablet. Yeah, yeah, I have it. Actually, that's where I started playing it was on my oh. tablet because my old phone was kind of not good in the battery department, and Archero will eat your battery. Right. Um, right. But yeah, so that was. I mean, that's probably as far as actual games. The, the thing that I played the most this week, man, that feels no random horrible dice? saying. I've, I've played some random knives, but I've scaled back a little bit on that too because I made rank 12. So yay, hey, hey. that's kind of the max bonuses for, for at least chest unlocks. But I'm not opening chests because I'm trying to bank up cards. But that also means that that's where you get the most of your money from. Mm. So I'm not upgrading things much either. So I don't feel like I'm progressing much because I'm trying to save up for the next event that comes out so that I can try to get those legendaries. Uh. And it's also kind of like I, I made my big I achieved my big goal. My big goal was to unlock the two last legendary dice that I wanted and get out of rank 11 and get into rank 12 to get max drops. And it's like I, I did it. And now right. and now it's just kind of. I mean, I still, it's not like it's dead to me. I'm playing, and, and PvP is interesting now because I feel like I have a chance and I'm seeing kind of unique builds being thrown mm -hmm. against me. Um, and I'll, tr but I have all the dice, so I can try that build next. Like, oh, well, how does this work? I wonder if this is better than what I was running, you know? Um, but I'm not spending a huge amount of time. I'm getting like, I'm not always getting my dailies done because uh, you can have up to four daily quests and i'm not always doing all of them because i'm just not putting that much time into it i don't know if it's true maybe it's not maybe it was popularized by like farmville but the first time i ever remember seeing daily quests was in the first expansion for wow actually and it was a thing that they implemented to give players who weren't interested in raiding or in pvp something to do in the end game like something to do because right. there's a quest that resets on a daily basis or whatever um and as a way to grind reputation and, and then there's rewards behind that and stuff but i wonder if that's where the daily quest actually originated it's so interesting how the genres of games just all bleed all over each other now right you know I mean? well and just have like that like coined phrases like running dailies right people just know what that means yeah um, well or or like like hey let's zerg it right and like let's just zerg rush this there's so many people that have no idea what that actually refers to mm -hmm. like they didn't they play starcraft right <laughs> they know it means swarm it respawn and continue swarming it like <laughs> right yeah, just hit it with everything at once. No real tactics, you know, just which is funny because in fairness, that's not actually what it is to play Zerg in StarCraft 2. It's like, not. It's actually it kind of is. Yeah, it is a demanding. tactic. It's a tactic in your toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things just run at such different speeds with Zerg that like, like with Protoss, you can kind of click the army and A move it. Right. It, generally is about together i mean stalkers might outrun stuff or zealots if they have legs might outrun stuff 
But if you've got like zerglings and roaches and hydralisks or something, like oh, they're all different speeds. Yeah, yeah, way different. Like the zerglings but a, get but there a zerg way too early. Is generally, I'm just going to continue making zerglings because it was a it was an original StarCraft thing. Yeah, and it's just make zerglings max out with a huge ridiculous number of zerglings, and then hold down the Z key while your mm-hmm. army runs across the map with rally points in your opponent's base. Yeah, and you will just have so many units that you flood them and. Yep. But yeah, it's. I was thinking. Um, well, I don't actually mean to derail us. What were you? you were, okay. I, that was. I mean, I. It's. I. I'm trying to figure out if Archero and Mobile Dice were the or Random <laughs> Dice were the only things that I really played this week. <laughs> yeah. I've opened uh, a lot of games. I've stared at a lot of login screens. I've not played much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had that experience in a couple of games. Uh, opened it up and then was like, nah. I don't care. And then back out. But I was actually, I was thinking, you know, last week we talked about sports games in the context of EA um, more so, but, and I know you're not really someone that's, that spent much time with sports games and I'm not really a huge sports game player either, but, but some, um, and like the NBA 2K games, I enjoy quite a bit or at least have in the past when I haven't played one now in a couple of years, probably. But, but anyway, like, so in NBA 2K, obviously you can play a season mode and and have you know play as the Lakers or play as the the Celtics or whatever, right? And and have the team that's like the real team, you know, that, that's in real life fielded on the court or whatever, and um and play through seasons and franchise modes and whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can also create a player, which has been a staple of these things for a long time. However, the the create a player mode that they have in NBA 2K, it it's actually oftentimes somewhat poorly done as far as like the story like one year they had a they had spike lee write the script which was supposed to be this like really cool thing because spike lee's a real movie director producer guy right um it was really terrible it was one of the worst (laughs) things i've ever i couldn't believe how bad it was it was shocking um but anyway so the story parts like the cutscene parts like they make you go and go through like draft interviews with gms where you sit and a character on the screen in a suit asks your character questions and then you have to give a multiple choice answer and it's really corny i think however the reason i bring it up is because you actually start as a pretty bad player and you have to as you play games you earn skill points and then can invest in your skills and it was just it's just crazy to me how much it really is just basketball the rpg yeah but I think that people who play RPGs think that they wouldn't like a basketball game and people who are diehard basketball game players are like, well, I'm not really interested in I don't want to be a weird something. Yeah. And it's like, it's actually crazy how similar these things are. Like if you think that loop is intriguing, head on over to, you know, world of Warcraft or whatever, Skyrim right. or something. Cause you might like it quite a bit. Actually, you might be surprised. Um, it probably like Diablo two over Diablo three. Like <laughs> you want to, you yeah. want to sign your stat bonuses and have your, your tree of abilities, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Actually that was something else I was going to bring up. I don't know if you saw it. I, I, I guess I probably should so that I can speak more intelligently about it here. Um, but blizzard released more gameplay footage and maybe another trailer for Diablo four. Oh really? I didn't see this. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, click it which like i said now that i'm bringing it up i realize i should have because i don't know what it actually looks like but i just it made me think of it when you said archero because it's like 
I'm still in the I don't want to be hyped. Yes. Like, I just agreed. refuse to want to be hyped. For yeah, it it it's unfair for me to not look at it and still and be dismissive of it. So I'll I'll admit that you know right away. But it's just that, and maybe the video would have shown me what I'm asking for. But it's like, how does it play that's more compelling? Because right. I the darker mood or the darker theme or the the more open world setting of it or whatever, like that's all cool. But if it still just plays like Diablo one. Right. Then I, I mean, don't really care. <laughs> I'm going to play it for the story, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to play it no matter what, so I don't really care about that. I mean, it's like Kerbal being Kerbal 2 now being slated till fall of 2021 and the pretty big uproar with the please 2K don't become EA2. Um, yeah, well, so that's actually, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't know how much uproar there is around it, but that's an article that you shared with me. Um, that was all about how because Kerbal was independently developed, and then Kerbal Two was going to be developed by a different studio, also an still independent, independent studio, but yeah, different. Because the the makers of Kerbal One sold the rights to Take Two, and then Take Two okay. licensed the rights to crap. Now I don't remember. Then uh, it doesn't Star, matter. Star something, Starburst. They, they made another game that I really enjoyed, um, which is why this whole thing made me even more mad. Is because then. They make the announcement for Kerbal 2. There's interviews. There's all this stuff. Essentially, they renegotiated some of the rights because Take-Two changed the timeline. They wanted more stuff added to the game. And the dev said, well, if you want more stuff, it's going to take longer. Uh, so they were renegotiating the terms of the agreement. And some of that came up with like, hey, what is? we never got an answer on royalty splits either. So we need that before we sign anything. And essentially, Take-Two came out of nowhere. And not even with just like, there was Take Two made an announcement through LinkedIn, where Take Two essentially I, invited all of the employees of this indie studio to come work for them through a LinkedIn invite, saying Kerbal was being dissolved, um, or right. at least their contract was. So the indie company didn't get a chance to talk to their employees about it. Like this is just not how you handle. This is further than aggressive negotiations. Right. Agreed. And. And so, you know, some people left, some people didn't, but in the end, enough people left and the company was just out of money because they were basically sustaining themselves on Kerbal money that the whole company closes down. Um, so it not only ended the game and ended the careers of a lot of people and, you know, some people went to take two or whatever, but anybody who didn't just didn't have a job. Um, I think they got like two or three months of pay. The company basically decided to pay out all of its employees as much as it could and then shut its doors, which is really harsh. Because like I said, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I really should look it up. But they, they had made another game that I was a pretty big fan of, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Star Theory Games is there the name go. of it, um, of the name of the, the company that's been since shuttered. But yeah, it was definitely kind of a disappointing. I mean, you know... Um, and yeah, the article that you had shared originally is just giving an invalid URL, so I just had to re-Google it. But anyway, oh, they were the makers of Planetary Annihilation. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember. Which seeing I really that as enjoyed well. that quite a bit. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's really I don't. Which is again, I don't want to get hyped. I'm probably going to play Kerbal Two anyway, but I don't want to see, like, 
it was already hard enough. Speaking of kind of the EA thing, I did have something on that too. So I was browsing Steam to see if there was something that I wanted to play in my library or something new to pick up. And there's the big EA publisher sale. Um, and Mirror's Edge Catalyst was in there. And I was like, man, that sucks. Because at first I just saw Mirror's Edge Catalyst. And I was like, I've wanted to, I forgot that I wanted to play the sequel because the original was so good. Hmm. And then it was like EA. And I was like, no. My but I mean, the original was EA too. Yeah, but I didn't remember that and <laughs> that's probably when, when we're talking about games that like the last ea games i played were probably cnc4 and mirror's edge which i don't have much time between them yeah it's like 2008 probably right. from mirror's edge yeah. so maybe 2009 somewhere in there so i just i haven't i've been trying to stay stalwart on that so it was like i'm sad that i don't get to play a game that i wanted to play Hmm. And I don't want that to happen with Take Two and Kerbal. Like, don't do that. Yeah, I mean it's already it's already somewhat happened because they're already crushing studios now. I mean, hopefully Kerbal Two is still good. Half the people are still on the team. I I don't know. I'm hopeful, but right. I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I probably will would watch a trailer, but I I don't want to because I don't want to hype myself. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, obviously I have a different take on on how I interact with EA, for example. Like I don't think EA is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But at the same time, if there's a game out that I like, then I you know I still pick it up. That's why I subscribe to Origin Access, right? Um, and same thing with Take Two. I mean, Take Two publishes Grand Theft Auto, so right. That's never unfortunately you're never <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, they could buy and destroy. 30 game studios that I like. And if GTA six comes out, I'm still going to be in line. So. But then when GTA six sucks, you'll have to show that to me. Cause so far <laughs> since 2003 or whatever, when Fair. Grand Theft Auto three came out, I haven't seen it. So they would need to buy <laughs> wow and then do a terrible job with it and then shut it down. <laughs> that would be, that I've would be a good, my EA Westwood. I've had a good run with wow. So we're okay. No, I mean, EA destroyed mythic entertainment, which yeah. made dark age of Camelot, which That's was true you know, huge for me. So I, 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 like I said, it's not that I disagree with your sentiment. No, yeah, for um, sure. For sure. I just don't, I just don't take quite the hardline stance on, on not shopping from them, but I am the first person in other conversations where, that we've had where you'll say like, I don't like microtransactions in my rebuttal. Every time is pay with your wallet, you know, yeah. vote with your dollars. I mean, not pay with your wallet. That's of course how you pay <laughs> with your wallet is what I meant. Um, and that's, you know, so that's what you're doing. And I, so I, I, I just, I clarify that just say like, I'm not trying to criticize your no, position no, on no, that no, at all. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it, it's definitely a, a choice and a reasonable one if that's how you feel about it. But I hope the take two doesn't become that as well. Um, that seem, I mean, I was surprised at reading the article um, and there's several articles out there about yeah. it. Like I said, I had to go Google it again. There was so. a, I think it was originally broken by like Washington post or something like that, but uh, there are multiple articles now since, and a lot of people, a lot of the Kerbal community is pretty upset. Um, yeah. Because this, because it was such an aggressive move, because everybody was notified through LinkedIn, not through the company. They subverted normal channels, and yeah, that was that was pretty gross. Yeah. Well, it just like it. I mean, even beyond all of all of outside of all of the, you know, um, and, and I don't mean to diminish it, but but just purely from like a game development perspective, it's like, does this action make the game better? 
And the answer is, I think, unequivocally no, because they're interrupting the progress and having to shift stuff over. And now they have to reread the whole code. A whole bunch of new coders are going to have to come in and relearn everything. And they're going to have different design perspectives. And right. So <laughs> I, I, I definitely think it's a it's a, a not a favorable move that they did. And um, yeah, we'll continue to see, you know, how it goes. I mean, I have constantly been surprised and disappointed by um <laughs> the choices of most game studios, frankly, not all of the time, obviously, but I mean, I don't, I can't think of a game studio that hasn't let me down at some point in time. Right. So I don't know. I, don't I, I guess. Yeah. Well, and to their point, I mean, in that situation, that's more of a franchise because it's not the same right. studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to wait and see, but no, that was a good, that was a good article that you shared. And I was glad that you did. Cause I, wasn't aware of that and and definitely didn't didn't think of take two as like playing that way right you know? yeah yeah and maybe it's a one-off you know maybe it's a one-off it, there or maybe could have been some more stuff behind the scenes that we don't know you know there could be. but there could be. it doesn't look good for take two on that one no so. no it, it certainly does not um so about you what you been up to um, I really didn't, I didn't play a lot of new stuff this last week. Um, I played more Total War, uh, Warhammer. I was playing a Lizard Man campaign and made a mistake. Basically, I, I, I had a bunch of free armies that I could recruit or free units I could recruit to right. make a new army. So they're free up front, but they still have the the recurring cost per turn like all units do. Mm-hmm. So I already had two full armies, and I'm making a ton of money per turn. Well, then I create a new general or whatever new new yeah general, and I need to to assign units to his army. So I start. So I'm like, oh, I've got all these free army or free units that I haven't ever used. I'm just going to populate those. So I do that. Well, what that does is then cause me to be in the negative turnover turn and I only have enough bank to eat that negative like for two turns and then I'm in bankruptcy territory um, and I mean the solution would be the, the solution to that would be to like just disband the army of new units that I got and now I don't have to pay for them and it all goes back but I didn't want to do that because you can't because the, 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 the then they're not free units. units anymore. Well, and the units that are free are like are actually they're like blessed or whatever, so they're mm. better than their normal counterparts. And you only get them as rewards for different quests that come up in the game. So I can't re-get them. Right. Easily. Um and so that's problem one. My other two armies though are surrounding an enemy's capital city, so I'm like, well, if I can take this then I think I can be okay on money. So I, I tried to take that and got into weird stuff with the AI where like in one move, it it showed both of my armies attacking together and then another move it didn't. And so then they fought me one on like isolated and then I can't win. Right. Anyway, this is a long drawn out explanation just to say that basically I shot myself in the foot, but didn't have an old save to revert to. I'm a quick saver. Like I, I have the quick yeah, save. Hot quick save is know? such a blurse. It's a blessing yeah. and a curse, man. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I was like, well, I, I mean, it's not that I can't keep playing the game, but I would have to, 
I would lose a couple hours of progression. Right. Probably. So I was like, well, I guess I could just start over on a new campaign because I had all, they had a total war. Um, I don't know if it's Total War or Warhammer. I think it was a Total War sale on Steam. And so when I picked up Warhammer 2, I also picked up the Wood Elf campaign for Warhammer 1. Ah. So you can play as the Wood Elf. So nice. I was like, oh, that, that's cool. I love Wood Elf. It's probably my favorite fantasy idea. I just like archers a lot, really. Um, and druids, as we've talked about. Yes, and druids. And, and they usually have stuff to do with, like, treants and mm-hmm. animal stuff. And, yeah, I just, I like all of Big that. Big nature guy. Right, which is funny because in real life, not a big nature guy. No, snapping Mostly turtles just... could kill you. You know what? <laughs> We're going to go to a body of water sometime, and I'm going to throw you in it with some snapping turtles, and we'll see who's got the jokes then. You know what I mean? I was just saying walking past a snapping turtle, you know, like, they're known for their charge attacks. <laughs> He's just going to stare at me until I quit, so I'm done. I... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, just so everyone knows, the other day I was on a walk on a paved trail that's surrounded by a wooded area, and on the paved trail was what I would refer to as a massive turtle. It's pretty big. Now it was not a snapping turtle. It wasn't a snapping turtle. It looked just like a regular turtle, but it was huge. I mean, it was like it was like as big as big as a basketball, if not bigger than that. It was a big turtle. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, wow, that is a big turtle. And then took a picture of it and sent it to Brett, and he was like you can't be afraid of the turtle. And I was like, well, I'm just, I mean, I'm swinging a little wide. And then now we get this. There was, there was a previous discussion that I was making fun of you with that (laughs) statement on, because we have talked about, talked about turtles several times, but yes, (laughs) yes. That was a joke from a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the turtle was real. The turtle was real photo proof. It was pretty big turtle. I will will admit that was a pretty big turtle. Would you have touched it? Yeah, I would have tried to pet it. (laughs) Like, it's not, (sighs) I'm not going to like, I'm not, I wouldn't have pet a snapping turtle. No, no. Because I'm not dumb. That would be foolish. Um, Yeah. I am like a box turtle, which is probably about what that was. Like, yeah, like box turtles are cool. I've just never seen one that big. He is very big. He's very big boy. I've never seen one like that. They're always way smaller. So it's just, it's kind of alarming. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. High Elf. High so, Elf no, Wood loved Elf. Wood, Wood Elf. elf. No, Wood Sorry. Elf. Sorry. Yeah, Wood way elf. bad. Way bad. Not yeah. the high magic user. The hey, Warhammer game. nerd. They're different, okay? I also <laughs> D&D nerd, which is their, like <laughs> also where they come from. You're right. Which came first? Warhammer or D&D? Oh, D&D. Okay. By a mile. Well, yeah, by a mile. Like, D&D, okay. or D&D was based on tabletop games, but it was based on like World War II era games. Okay. Okay. Uh, Not Warhammer. No. Gotcha. Anyway. um, So then started a Wood Elf campaign and um, misjudged what was getting ready to happen and then just actually lost just outright. Wow. Um, Yeah. Which was disappointing. So then that's just game over. So then start that cam, start a new campaign yet again, if I want to keep playing. (laughs) So I just bailed, played some WoW. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I played, yeah, played, played a lot of wow over the weekend, played with a mutual friend of ours, um, who's like in the top 2% of mythic dungeon runners and retail. Wow. Which is ridiculous. Um, he can just solo a lot of dungeons up to like mythic five, I think maybe with his tank. So, I mean, as his tank character, he 
obviously took the most damage as a tank, dealt the most damage, and actually did the most healing. So he actually just outdid the whole group by himself. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Uh, <laughs> luckily, he likes me and is willing to carry me. Yay! So yeah, we loot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to roll neat on any of that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, that's true. And then it, the way the mythic dungeons work is like, so I actually think the mythic dungeon thing is a really cool um, addition to WoW that they made, I think, two expansions ago. But basically what it does is, so you've got your normal difficulty dungeon that is pretty easy to get to overgear right. for. Yeah. Right? So then it's just a run through. Well, then they introduce heroic dungeons which is a little harder, but still, like, if you're raiding and have raid-level gear, you're then you're... Okay. Yeah, you're definitely better than Heroic Dungeon still, so it's still just a farm thing. Excuse me. Well, so with Mythic Dungeons, it's kind of like what they did in Diablo with um, the greater rift difficulty levels. Right. So the Mythic the mythic Dungeon levels start at, at Mythic 1 and then goes all the way. I think, I think our, our buddy said that the highest it had gone... That he's seen anyone do is like mythic 26 wow and our buddy does like mythic 22 or something so even though he's in the top echelon he's right. not in the very yeah. top Jeez. right um but anyway the higher level of mythic dungeon that you complete and you have to do it in a certain time frame in each dungeon but assuming you complete the dungeon within the time limit then at the end of the week you get a chest that has loot in it and the level of that loot or the quality of that loot is determined by the difficulty of the mythic dungeon that you did or completed. Okay. So that's kind of neat. Uh, yeah. So when it's, it's cool because I mean, they actually do, you know, so wow for a long time has had um, competitive, I guess, professional arena, which is the, the PVP that's, that's like three on three, five on five, two right, on two. Right. I don't know what, I think three on three is what the actual pros play at. But anyway, they have televised events of that. Well, they actually also now have televised or streamed. I mean, it's not on right. <laughs> it's not on real television, but um, anyway, streamed um, mythic dungeon competitions where guilds like run mythic dungeons, kind of them, or basically, yeah. Who can? Because if, if someone dies, it 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 takes away time from your timer, right? right? Stuff like that. Oh. So, um, yeah, it's it's cool because it's a way to do challenging pve content that's not a that is not the commitment that rating is right so it's you can go do a dungeon even if it's a really hard dungeon i mean the time limit's like 30 minutes so that's your commitment whereas a raid or probably two or three hours yeah exactly yeah um and just a lot more coordination and a lot more whatever so yeah it's kind of a cool middle ground um really people like me should probably eat it up and it's funny, I told our buddy, I was like, yeah, I don't really run them. I don't have a guild that I participate in, really, so I don't know who to run with. And he was like, oh, yeah, my guild's trash. I don't run with any of them. I just I just pug all of this. Huh. Like, okay, well, F me then for <laughs> acting like I had a reason to not be doing this at your level, you know? That's funny. Um, but yeah, let me see. Let me look at Steam. Oh, I did play some more Monster Hunter World on PC. Yeah. Um, I still don't think I've actually gotten past where I was on PS4, so haven't really seen anything new but i do still just love that game like it's uh yeah it's just super cool i mean i'm fighting a t-rex the other day and a dragon shows up and starts fighting with the t-rex <laughs> while i'm fighting with it 
So the T-Rex freaks out and runs away. So then I run away because I don't want anything to do with this dragon. <laughs> and then we run off to like the T-Rex's lair or something. And yeah, sure enough, like five minutes later, here comes the dragon again. Still <laughs> doesn't help. Again. You guys are following it. Right. I'll follow you. <laughs> right, right. So that was exciting. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a really fun game. However, I will say, which is it's so weird because I have no moral compass in gaming right i mean the only time the only example i can think of was in gta 5 the torture scene right, right. where i was like that made me uncomfortable i didn't want to do but only that the first time correct yeah when i replayed it i was fine um but yeah i mean generally i don't care at all and and actually i mean i love stuff like doom that's hyper violent right. gory you know what i mean um but in monster hunter uh, this time i'm playing with a hammer and it's it's an enormous hammer. Oh, right, it's like, an anime-style hammer. Yes, yes, it's ridiculous. Um, but in Monster Hunter, it's not like... Like, I don't think people would normally think of it being like MMO combat because there's not health bars and you don't tab target like right. you would in like a WoW or something. But it is actually very similar to that because while there's not health meters for the monster the way it's similar is that you basically end up having to fight the thing for a really long right, time. Right, and there's stages and yes, exactly, and things that you're going to want to try to do for each stage. And Right, right. Um, but anyway, like, there is a part of me, actually, that, like, when I not... Because the way the, the hammer plays is, like, the one of the attack combinations, I guess, that I use most frequently is you just do, like, a massive overhand swing... And then just like repeat that like six times probably. <laughs> so you're like so, you're having problems curb stomping dragons. <laughs> it's well because it's not everything's a dragon, right? Like some of them are just like really big lizards or like, like kind of like this one thing. Like you're like a cute a, deer, but I need your horns. <laughs> yeah, as but it's not like I'm just like gracefully killing it or like shooting it from across the the screen. Like I'm literally I've knocked it down on its side. And I am just smashing it in the face with the hammer as hard as I can for for minutes. I mean, because it takes a lot to like 10 seconds, but then I'll eventually knock it over again and right. then back to smash its face. It's just it's like just this. trying to eat and provide yeah. for its children. It just exists in an ecosystem and maybe is kind of an apex predator in that world, but still like I don't know. Like I like, I think bears in real life are terrifying. Right? Yeah, like, I, I would want finally agree with you on something that I would stay Thank away you. from on yeah. a walking trail. <laughs> so anyway, bears are terrifying. And if it came to me and a bear, I would kill a bear. Right. I mean, I don't know if I could succeed, assuming I if could If you had pull an anime off. giant hammer and super armor. Right. However, despite all of that, I would still feel bad about just smashing the bear's head oh, yeah. over and over again with a hammer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's funny because it's actually the thing that I, I think I love the most about monster hunter is that you're not, at least initially your quest is not like save the world right. from we the talked people. About it no could six, six crystals or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. But because of that, it also, makes me feel worse about going out and just murdering everything. Now it's, it's just not... all self-serving. Yeah. It's not a bad guy. It's, it's just, thin. sorry, dude, your teeth are magical and used to make armor. So 
<laughs> I, I I need a bigger hammer, and to get a bigger hammer, I have to have teeth to dangle off the pommel. It is cool though, man. Like I I I killed the T Rex and then upgraded my hammer with it with its parts that I harvested or whatever. And yeah, I mean, like the the back of the hammer now has like the T Rex feathers like coming off. Like it's it's cool how the gear represents the creatures that you've harvested to make it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I've just never really seen anything else that's that one to one that way with where you can the gear came specifically from right. a creature you can see its influences if you will in that or you know it's it's hammered corpse yeah yeah <laughs> hammered corpse yeah um but anyway so yeah monster hunter world just, i would like you to get into it i at some know point. I it, think it would be fun i you know how i am on just not paying for anything <laughs> <laughs> I so I did actually want to bring up something while we've been talking about kind of ARPGs that I have watched a fair amount of content of, not a ridiculous amount, um, not as much as StarCraft in last week, but uh, I still wanted to comment on, which is I've actually watched a fair amount of content on um, Minecraft Dungeons, hmm, yeah, which really just is Minecraft's answer to the action RPG and is a surprisingly good-looking game. Like the the gameplay is action adventure but it is so again those little details to the core minecrafting it mm. like when you click on places to move your character because you're always kind of repositioning your character in a rpg and you usually get some kind of minor flash on the screen that shows you where you've selected where you want to move right well those flashes are little two-dimensional squares that like open and close oh. really quickly again just everything is cubist in the world um Lots of fun things around just it it feels it feels like the Minecraft adventure game that I kinda wanna play. Like mm. I, I'm half tempted to want to play it if I wasn't so burned out on ARPGs and otherwise like the there's no other reason to play. It's just a gear grind. Right. Um but it's it's got a lot of cute elements, of course. Almost all of your mainstay monsters are there, along with a bunch of new ones. And mm. it it's pretty flashy the effects are really good like i feel like that that's probably the first kind of minecraft adjacent game or first i guess new game in the franchise that i've actually been interested in because all of the other like story modes and stuff are still very much so kind of minecraft and this is the first game that's just it's in the world but it is not you know picking up blocks and and moving them around right 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 um, so, I mean, is it actual, like, giant lightning storm spell effect time? Yeah, like, no, I mean, it's a regular it, Minecraft. None of that. Is yeah, there. no, there's, there's guns. It's a lot closer to like a Diablo three. Like you can get a crossbow and then get, it can, the different guns can all have, or, or I guess different gear in the game has different enchantment slots that it can roll. It can like each slot has a chance to get three enchantments on it and you can pick one of those from each of the slots and like level them up and stuff and change the functionality. So like, it's like getting a Gothic plate of the whale only instead of it having all the stats auto rolled, it comes with, well, you can get plus 20 health plus 20 decks or plus 20 int on this first one. And then the second one can be like multi shot power shot ice shot. And then the third, and so you just pick which one of those three you want it to have on each of mm -hmm. the, those things but yeah there's weapons that are doing scatter shot there's 
uh, legendary, you can get like firework arrows that explode after they hit a target, like a fuse burns down, they blow up. Some enemies when they die are barrels in the world on top of getting just like your emeralds, which is your gold, I guess, uh, or arrows because your bow has a certain number of arrows. You can also get like a TNT block, which is straight up a Minecraft TNT block, and you could pick up one or multiple of them, and then when you throw them, they bounce in the area and then explode like a Minecraft block. But with instead of destroying the terrain with flashy screen shake and glare and all the stuff and deals damage to mobs and all the rest of the gameplay is just really Diablo three, except using Minecraft skins for like zombie, you know, zombies and the dusk zombies and whatever you're going to plus a lot of new things and some bosses and stuff. So there's creepers that'll rush after you that are going to try to get around you while the zombies are, you know, coming straight at you or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it is an ARP and you collect loot. You can have melee builds, you can have range builds, you can have magic builds. You get, you know, different armors and cloaks and gauntlets and potions. And it is a hundred percent an ARPG except in Minecraft, uh, hmm. different biomes and zones that you go through and you can kind of replay. It does uh, some nice stuff where like, excuse me, where, uh, if you, want a specific because of course you you can still re-roll stats on gear um if you mm -hmm. want to try to get a better version of a specific crossbow but i want that crossbow to roll critical hits on at least two of the slots so that i can get mm -hmm. double critical off of it right well it'll show you after you've beaten a level i think all of this if i'm wrong massively about some of this stuff i apologize it's all based on watching gameplay footage i haven't done tutorials or played the game um but it looks like after you've beaten a level, you can go back and re every course replay it. And each level, when you like click over it, it'll show you what gear has a chance of dropping there. So mm -hmm. if you want like the the bow of tranquility or something, right? It's going to always be a bow of tranquility, and you're just going to be trying to get roll higher level and damage and those enchantment slots for it. But it'll mm -hmm. also say like well, I can go to Plains 1 or I can go to Nether 4 and those areas have a good chance of rolling Bow of Tranquility as epic level drops in that area. So at least kind of gives you... It'd be like if in Diablo 3, you know, you could farm certain legendaries in certain areas, like zones or whatever. Gotcha. And it's Minecraft Adventures, is that the name I of the one? it's Minecraft Dungeons. Dungeons, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think Adventures is one of the older ones. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, I know um, the only one I've played that's kind of a spin-off of it or whatever is um, Minecraft Story... Story mode or Adventure... There are, there's several, yeah, like there's a, Mine, I think there is a Minecraft Adventures. Um so Minecraft Story Mode, a Telltale game, is there the one that go. I play. And that is very much a Telltale game, if anyone's ever played those, where it's basically the modern version of a point-and-click adventure. Right. I mean, there's a little bit of gameplay to it, more than the old-school point-and-click adventures had, but it's basically that. Um, I will say, though, actually, of those games, the Borderlands Telltale game, Tales from the Borderlands is one of the better experiences I've had. 
Um, Again, a game that I've I... watched and not played, but I have laughed very heartily at finger guns. Is yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that. The, I mean, I think a game like that actually probably you get just as much out of watching as you do playing, unless unless you think that the decisions that you make are really really right. compelling, yeah. and then maybe you would like it. But um, you're basically just making some dialogue decisions that some of them alter the story but yeah i mean there's not. some choose your own adventure type stuff in there a little yeah, yeah a you little. should look up some of the screenshots for minecraft dungeons it's a it's very pretty um the game looks amazing all the particle effects are awesome there's actually a pretty large number of of monsters on screen at any given time uh there <laughs> seems to be a really good variety of gear and spells and armor it's you know all of your original stuff will make an appearance but so will a lot of new stuff that's just not it could easily be hmm. added into the base game of minecraft hmm. yeah it's definitely interesting um i i knew it had come out because i had seen something on it and uh, to be perfectly honest i was just kind of like meh yeah i mean that's yeah, the way i was at first uh, <laughs> one of the guys that i watch on youtube is dangerously funny he just breaks games uh and this is one of the ones that he picked up to try to break and after seeing some of the gameplay, I was like, this actually this actually <laughs> would scratch that ARPG itch really well. Like yeah. it's it just looks the gameplay looks pretty smooth and uh, everything about it looks pretty well done. It's even for its cutesy art style, there's still plenty of whirlwind barbarian that can be had there. So, well, and, you know, that's actually something else that I think that these games, the genre at large, which I don't know about this one, haven't played it, but. But I think the genre at large has failed at, and that is creating synergies for players to capitalize on. Yeah. That really, that, that maybe like if you don't capitalize on, you're way underpowered versus like, because I mean, you can capitalize on things in Diablo 3, for example, but you don't need to. If anything, you're just kind of like, becoming more efficient right but it's not drastically changing your gameplay style if the if you're you know voodoo guys not cursing things yeah we're like you know again back of course i compare it to mmos but you know if in an mmo you go to a dungeon and you don't bring a healer like that's just a problem you can't really you know (laughs) i mean you can and whatever but but yeah like there's just a there's just a point where it's like you just need certain classes and in older mmos where debuffs were more of a of a thing which actually maybe final fantasy 14 has a stronger amount of that in it but anyway like older mmos the debuffs were important because if you didn't do debuffs then the mobs are too powerful and your group is too weak and whatever so right but it would be cool if because like you and i were talking about playing path of exile together but it was like we're both just kind of on the screen killing stuff together, mm-hmm. but you're not actually cooperating. You don't really need my help to kill your pack of dudes, and I just we each need to go get a pack of dudes and spam click or hold a button down until all those dudes disappear. Right. As opposed to something like DRG, which not an MMO, but has a lot of really cool synergistic mm-hmm. things in it. Everything's for... made to be synergized between all of the classes. and Right, yeah. right. And you actually feel like oh, that person's hooking me up right now. Right, you always, yeah. Deep Rock Galactic did such a great job of making you always feel useful if you were even even remotely attempting. And it it did a really good job of always making those other players feel like you said, like they're hooking you up, like they're doing you a solid, even though they're Mm -hmm. just maybe 
just naturally, like they're not trying to hook you up. They're just also trying to play. But the fact that them doing that feels like you're getting hooked up is just mm, so good. Right. Yeah, I don't feel like people have followed me very often when I just drill through wall, other than you, but when I just drill through walls as the driller. But like when I've been playing and there's a driller and I, that I'm not, and that guy just Stick creates a path somewhere. <laughs> like, this is great. Yeah. I love this. But yeah, they're really just playing the class, you know. But huh, well, Minecraft Dungeons, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely interesting. Um where is it? Is it on Steam? Uh I don't know. I just pulled up some screenshots. Only on the Windows store. <laughs> Stupid Windows store. Although actually I'm curious to see. Um wow. Sorry, I just totally interrupted myself, I realized. But if you search for Minecraft and Steam, not only does like the Telltale... Oh, because Telltale is gone, so I wonder if they don't sell it anymore. Oh. That must be... I bet that is it. But yeah, there's nothing. I mean, the top result is Craftopia. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just sold from their website, so... Yeah. I mean, they don't really... I bet it's on the Microsoft Store. Probably, yeah. The Windows Store. That is something that I'm interested to see how it shakes out as we go further in time is will the how will the Windows Store uh, that's not really what I want to say will Microsoft only sell on the Windows Store or will they move to something like Steam because right now they actually have a really good bargain where with if Steam, you or not with Steam but with Xbox yeah where if you own Xbox games you also own them on Windows yeah. 10 that's really cool or vice versa you only have to buy it once though that's super no, cool. That is. Except I don't want to play things through the Windows Store all the time. No, it's, it's just not another launcher, you know. <laughs> it is, and I and I, I mean, I don't actually care about. That's not the reason I don't like it. The reason I don't like it is because I don't actually really like the Windows yeah, Store. Fair. Like it's uh, yeah, Xbox Game Pass, Xbox One, Windows, PS4, Switch. So hmm. probably Windows Store, but yeah. Um, yeah. The only other thing that I had really my big time sink for the last week <clears throat> has been Dungeons and Dragons. Um, mm. Which, of course, I've talked with you just a, a huge amount. Uh, one of my next-door neighbors ended up being a dungeon master on top of uh, enjoying steampunk-style campaigns, which are the two things that I normally have to do, is both be the dungeon master and pull teeth to convince everybody to play a steampunk campaign. Uh, so without having to do those first two things, I'm getting to be the player for not the first time in a long time, but I'm hoping that this campaign lasts longer than the last couple of times that I've gotten to be a player. Um, those have either been short or small or just really frustrating campaigns. Uh, one of them was a campaign that I only got to play uh, at work, and then me and another player figured out that it was actually just completely, not just based on, but completely taking the plot of critical role um wow really yeah and so <laughs> when we're like which would work if you didn't watch it right? which yeah which we hadn't neither one of us had watched critical role at that time but like oh. i googled some stuff because it was just his names were really good and i was like it feels like he's getting this from somewhere yep straight <laughs> up happened to be there like it took me to a wiki page for the first season of critical role and told me like, I was like, yep, we fought that boss, which led us to that room, which got us that item. And he's like railroading us through Critical Role. And I just, we had to confront him and we're like, listen, we could, 
we could ruin your campaign by forcing you to never get to any of your own the story beats that you're planned for because he was trying to make it his own like it wasn't just he wasn't a bad dm he was just unexperienced and was using critical role as essentially an adventurer's guide for him Mm. so he was making some content custom content and putting some work in but it was just like we know where this is going and we actually already know who the bad guys for like five levels which in dnd there's your max level is 20 so five levels is a lot uh we know what the, the bad guy arc for the next five levels is and exactly how it's going to happen and all of your plans so like you're gonna have to just change and make it your own um otherwise we can just subvert that by saying we go through the other door or we can find a way to convince everybody to go kill the bad guy so we don't have to like because we're just gonna know everything um so we could just head west and go into the unknown lands and do that and he very much it was just like no we're not doing that we're playing through my campaign like okay like there's a, a saying where if you want to be the dungeon master and the player be an author um (laughs) (laughs) wow it's true though if if you want to like railroad players around and you want to tell your story and you're completely inflexible in that then go write a book right you're not playing a d you're not playing dnd dnd is a collaborative effort it's supposed to be everybody putting their own spin on things and and the chaos that ensues and everything so anyway uh, last couple of games that I've got to be a player in uh, have have either been disappointing, which was that game, which was also the same game that was a work game. So it was like 45 minutes once a week at lunch in a conference room while everybody's Wait like. Is this the same guy that was doing that the the maps or whatever or the zones that you guys were going in were just based off of WoW? Yes, that's the same guy. <laughs> So so I had yeah so I knew about that part but I didn't I don't think you've ever no, told probably me probably not I was trying to share a different story because I was yeah so the other thing that he did was I don't want to I don't want to hmm. harp on this guy because he's a good guy and I still work with him and the campaign wasn't it wasn't bad I'm just a tenured D and D player I'm a veteran I've been playing since second edition like when I was in junior high school in the nineties so like. It's I'm not against people having a new DM and trying to give them help and stuff, but there was just a culmination of things. I'd never played WoW. All of his descriptions of places, he was like, it's like this WoW place, but it's purple or the buildings are taller or whatever. I'm simplifying for effect, but uh, and it was lunch. It was on lunches at work, which meant, you know, games are short. Sessions are short once a week. Everybody's got to get in with their lunches or order or takeout or whatever. Somebody's always late. Somebody's getting stuck on a call. Lunchtime has to be postponed to a different day or a different time or whatever. And then right. everybody's trying to bring food into a tiny room. There was like six or eight of us. Um, so Ooh. it was really hard to keep everybody in. Like everybody in 45 minutes, everybody gets like one turn, maybe. Um, and I was just playing a really suboptimal character where I was playing an Eldritch Knight, which is like equal parts fighter and wizard, but not good at either. Um, mm. But there was just already a solo wizard and a solo fighter. So and there were like there were two wizards, like a fighter, a paladin and a cleric. There's everything in the sun. So I wasn't adding anything to the party. Um the DM was still learning, so it was a lot for him. Like managing your first game as like six people or more 
that's a lot to man like players. So the room is like seven or eight people. It was just a lot. And it was fun. I had fun. It just wasn't it was difficult to be consistent. Players were dropping in and out left and right. And the plot we were like kind of figured out. So after that point, I was just like, meh, I'm good. Outside of that, the only other games I played were ones where there was like one to two players and they could only meet kind of infrequently online. Um, or yeah, I think that would never get off the ground in the first place. Um, outside of that, mostly the DM. So I'm hoping with them being my neighbors and there's a lot of hope right now because the first game was supposed to be Monday and it did not happen. Um, mostly because work stuff from multiple sides, like one person had to cancel and then another person, the DM had to cancel. So it, it got canceled, but there's promises of prime rib on D and D night, which even if D and D is bad, I still get prime rib out of it. So I have <laughs> right. been pouring over books uh, building my character and pouring over character sheet styles and loading things onto my tablet and switching between form-filled PDFs and Google Sheets documents and just reading every spell and every like class build and everything that I can find on... I'm not trying to min-max, but I still want to be an effective character. So just trying to re- re- relearn a lot of rules. Also, that we're playing in... Magic the Gathering's world Ravnica, so I did, was not very familiar with that world, so I had to go read up on that. And yeah, lots and lots and lots and lots of reading of D&D stuff. But I'm very excited about it. I'm very happy with at least the idea of my character. Uh, I wrote about a five-page backstory that I shared with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to hopefully get in and start playing some. Yeah, I don't mean to sound overly flattery or something, or like I'm trying to flatter you, but... Um... I, I was actually surprised with the little five page thing that you shared. It was uh, it was well written and um, it read like an introduction to a fantasy novel or something. So, um, yeah, it I wasn't just like it... he was born here and then went there is literally like a morning, like 30 minutes in the life of this character in which a good mm-hmm. chunk of the recent past that made him who he is, is revealed. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, but I can see where it would be a fun exercise to go through in, in, in writing and creating that. But also because it's well done, I can see that it would be of use to the DM and might be like, I would be, I would be, I would be interested to see what their response to it is. Not that there could be a possible negative response, but just like, I wonder if they've, if they've had that level of, uh, of writing before in a character sheet, right. you know what I mean? So, I mean, he, before he read it, when I had, been at his house and kind of walked through the cliff notes because they had a a birthday party for his daughter so you know we were just kind of hanging out waiting while things were grilling and uh, ran through the cliff notes because he didn't have time to read it yet and he and let him know like i've got pieces in here that say you can take this and run with it if you want but you don't have to like i've left a lot of my back history kind of open so that these things are very specific to my character these side characters are contacts that i probably know in the world but outside of that, it, whether things went one way or the, another in my past, I don't care if you want to use that or if you don't or if you just need a plot hole filled, you can fill it with that. But don't, I'm not expecting you to. I'm not forcing you to write that like my great aunt was some vampire that I'm against and I'm out to seek vengeance or whatever. Like I don't need them to be a big bad. I'm not trying to control your campaign. But if you want them, here's half a dozen characters that don't even i don't even care about but 
I could, my character could care about them if so inclined that you wanted to use them. So, hmm. and he seemed super excited. He was like, this is awesome. I love it. I love having stuff because I don't always use it, but it's nice to have backup story stuff to lean on in the event that we are somewhere where there's kind of a lull in the adventure or something. So, hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, how many D and D characters have you created? Just, just rough estimate. Like total it, lifetime. Uh, in, does that include like NPCs that I've created? Oh, no, no, that you, that you play. Okay. That I've played. Uh, well, that you created with the intent to play is what I, mean. as a player though. Right. Not NPCs. That, not, not as a not DM, because cre DM creating characters, it far and away outweighs. <laughs> yeah. yeah then as a player, I guess, um, then, yeah. Let's see that one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going to say somewhere between about 10 and 15. And so then do you, I mean, I had no idea there's this distinction, but so then on the other side where you're creating NPCs and creating characters as the DM, I mean, hundreds or something yeah, or like dozens probably or, thousands okay. if, wow. if we include like building custom monsters in that as well um then easily hmm. thousands like i have i don't have all of them but i have had in the past just journal books filled with monsters and vehicles and characters and places and maps i've got at least a probably at least six or eight world maps um which come with fully populated cities and each city has main char notable characters within them. So you could ha easily have 20 primary cities that each have maybe at least five notable characters for each city. And now you're already yeah. into a hundred NPCs for one game. <laughs> well, and I, I guess probably player character is more what I meant because I was thinking more that like would have the level of backstory that you did for this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, probably have about 15 or so. I mean, I, unfortunately I've never gotten to play, especially as a player. Most of my time, it has been a DM. So mm -hmm. uh, even DM characters are kind of included in that. As far as level of backstory, there are some bad guys that have had level of backstory of that level that I've done. Mm -hmm. Um, because I've do, done some progressive bad guys where like you'll meet them as a merchant at level one. Um, but they have a life alongside the adventuring party, but away from the adventuring party. Right. So as you guys get level two and level three, they find out that, uh, you know, in their own guild, uh, somebody, you know, cheated on his wife or something, had his children killed or something to keep him down. And so then he decides that he needs to become in charge of the guild. So he starts making guild packs with demons and stuff to, to get power to overthrow his guild. And you may still meet him at like level three and he's still kind of a traveling salesman now, uh, but his skin is darker and I'll, you know, you can drop little hints to the players. And then if, you know, they may side with him. They may side against him. They may not know. He may ask them for help to like assassinate somebody and tell a tale that this guy is super bad. But maybe he's the players end up he's a paladin that this guy's trying to have assassinated. And if they don't defeat him or kill him outright, or if he escapes or runs away, he'll continue leveling up against the players until he's like a necromancer 
raising dead and bringing skeleton armies to bear on other towns. And that may happen. They may have only met him as a traveler and then once as a necromancer, or they may have met him and done quests for him all along the way until he's the bad guy. So I've got progressive villains that have huge hmm. pages worth of stuff. In fact, they're, those are more like 15 characters in one because you have to have a stat block for at least each couple of levels to show like how their stats change, what their attacks and damage rolls are, because you have to be ready at a moment's interest for players to go murder hobo on you. <laughs> but <laughs> huh won't play an mmo though won't play an mmo can't I, there's so much more like it, so so reading wild things that that player characters have done in D D is like reading wild things that happen in eve mm. because it's it's the level of creativity where so for instance there's an item called the bag of holding it holds up to 500 pounds of gear. If it's turned inside, you can reach into it and mentally think of an item and extract any item that you've put in there. Uh, if you turn it inside out, it dumps all of the contents within it on the floor. And if it is punctured uh, or otherwise destroyed, it dumps all of the contents into the astral plane, which is a completely different plane of existence. It has 10 minutes of air inside of it, so you can't like use it to like live in or anything. Um, there are some other effects that involve nuking and whatnot, but we're not going there for the purposes of this story. Big bad evil guy in a campaign. Characters run up and cast Polymorph on the big bad evil guy. Big bad evil guy fails its save. It's polymorphed into a mouse. They pick the mouse up, stuff it in the bag of holding. Then they intentionally stab the bag of holding that releases the big bad evil guy into the astral plane. So no fight, no anything, just very creative way to get around a situation. Whereas in an MMO, you are running up to big bad evil guy, you are initiating cutscene sequence, and then you are stabbing, punching, kicking, or magicking big bad evil guy until its red health bar is zero. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, even Gorgon, Project Gorgon, which is probably the most. Um, it's the closest. But even it, I mean, you're still not. It's not that level of creativity, right. right? It's still constrained by by that. So, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Hmm. No EVE Online, though. So, so the games that I probably would get sucked into, I just know better than. <laughs> okay. No gotcha. EVE Online. Uh, Project Gorgon is really only held back by its character creation. Like, I could even probably live with the graphics if it had more character creation. <laughs> pretty hideous. <laughs> it's a great game, but it's pretty hideous. It is pretty bad. Hopefully they get their, their money and their visuals up. And I don't think they don't will, think because it's either. part of their aesthetic is trying to make it look like an MMO from 2002. Right. But that just means there's like three skin colors and elves look no different than humans. <laughs> It's yeah, usually, there's like a point in your ear. It's a slightly point to your ears. Boink out. That's it. And there's and then there's a third race that has like a cat tail or something. There's, or is just is purple. Correct. <laughs> anyway, um, so even Gorgon, anything else that you think would get you or not? I mean, city really of city of heroes, city of villains, both got me. Champions online got me for a while. Um, but those don't have creative solutions like that at all. Those are really on rails. No, but as you get to be a superhero. Okay. Which, you okay. know, the solution just is shoot with lasers 
or okay. punch really hard. That's the whole point. Okay. Um, I yeah. played a little bit of Guild Wars too. Um, mm, I remember that. I played a fair amount of the Secret World, but a lot more of my gameplay in the Secret World was RPing with people, like oh. just running into taverns and going through. Now, here's something actually that I'm curious, and if you've looked at or are aware of it all. GTA 5 Online is something you've played. Are you aware of the RP servers and that world that exists there? No, and I don't think I really care about them that much. I don't know. It's just... Video games are... It's not RP like what you're talking about, though. It's... Right, it's like right. It's, it's being able to get both the level of RP of Dungeons & Dragons and the gameplay of GTA 5 in the same thing is just literally needs like a Jack into the Matrix reality thing. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the the GTA RP servers are more like some people RP is cops, some people RP is. So citizens. yeah, I did have somebody tell me about that. Like, I, I, we have a mutual friend that actually played on several of those, where there's like cops oh, and robbers okay. type thing, and people will actually get pulled over for spin. They have to read their offenses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Arma. The Arma games have those kinds of servers as well nice. that are pretty popular. Um, I've never. I've read articles on PC Gamer about it where there are, I mean, it is, it is crazy stories, kind of like what we've talked about. I mean, it's not to the scope or scale of the stories for EVE Online, but it's like, like in GTA 5 Online, one of the PC Gamer articles, headlines that I saw recently was like, I started a cult on an RP server and scammed a bunch of people out of money. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I mean, I do literally know what those words mean, but what yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of amusing but um yeah i don't know as interesting as i think it sounds it's not ever been something i've just like been absolutely drawn right to, so well is there anything else that you wanted to you wanted to cover that caught your attention this last week uh, not really i mean i think like i said i've got a couple things that i might play and i'll hopefully have actual news of a DD game crossing fingers for going well um very cool so that is all for our episode today. Please join the discussion by tweeting your thoughts to us at PUYSPod or follow us there to get a notification on our stream times. Check out the links below for many other ways of getting a hold of us from our email to our Discord server. We would love to hear and discuss your thoughts. If you like this episode, please rate, star, thumbs up, and review us wherever you're listening. And please tell a friend about us because that really does make a difference. All of our links will be available in the show notes, and if you want more of Walker's personal insights on pretty much everything in life not related to gaming, including some amazing guests, especially recently, love it so much, please join me in listening to The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found. Hey NFL fans, Dak Prescott here. Want to spend Sunday afternoons with your favorite teams and players? Switch to DirecTV and get NFL Sunday ticket included at no extra cost. I'm talking every live out-of-market game, every Sunday, no matter where you live. So switch to DirecTV to get the 2020 NFL Sunday ticket season included at no extra cost. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Out-of-market games only. Requires choice package or above. Minimum $74.99 a month before discounts. Prices higher in second year. Regional sports fee up to $9.99 a month applies. 24-month agreement, activation, other fees, terms, and restrictions apply.
Everything in this shed, starting with those. Okay, gotta fix all of these. That, that'll be so easy. This needs some love for sure. Definitely that. True DIYers see projects everywhere. From repainting patio furniture to repurposing an old light fixture. For all of those to-dos, trust Krylon Fusion All-in-One Paint and Primer Spray Paint. It bonds to difficult surfaces and gives you maximum rust protection with no sanding or priming. And that's that. Krylon. Today we spray.